This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on the site. We give them away. Uh, they're yours. You may enjoy all for free at freetalklive.com. In fact, you get to control the content of the site. So if there's something online that you find that you think, gosh, that would be a cool topic for Free Talk Live, or I think the Free Talk Live listeners would enjoy hearing about this, you can submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com. And at that point... Uh, you will be able to. Oh, by the way, I love the sunglasses. Now, thank, it's you, very, thank you. Thank you. It's very you. Derek J. Yeah, of you. I'm channeling Derek yeah. J. today. Uh, you can go to freetalklive.com. Your stuff you submit ends up on the website, and the more votes it gets, the more likely it is to be on the front page of the site. Meaning, we're more likely to see it, talk about it on the air. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. It's all free. With you tonight, it is Ian, Nemi, and Mark. All right, Mark back from his uh, fireman's duties uh, last night. And they had the ladder truck out. That sounds exciting. Was it like just a practice run kind of thing? In a town of 1,700 people. Got a ladder truck. Um, this is from the next town over. Um, and there was just a, yes, of course, it was just a practice run. So you got to climb the ladder. I actually had hurt my back yesterday. and um, you So know, you wimped out on climbing the ladder. It wasn't my, well, there, there's no ladder to climb. I mean, these things, these are multi-hundred thousand dollar pieces of equipment. They uh, they, they move you around like a cherry picker. Uh, okay, so is. So you didn't have a ladder to climb on the ladder truck? There's really not a ladder on the ladder truck. There's uh, some steps that lead up to a uh, mobile platform. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Because where I come from, we actually have ladders on our ladder trucks. But Where you, do you, you come what? from? 1957? No. I come... <laughs> right. Because I'm older than you are, Mark. <laughs> I'm That's just how asking. This works. No. In, in the town where I grew up, they had a... That was a 100-foot... Yeah. Kind of for a ladder truck. In the in the town I grew up in, they had that too. Well, right. So were you born in 1957? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> so so there you were what practicing getting on the platform last night? What was, I, what I was wasn't, going on? I wasn't allowed on because I had hurt my back. Oh, oh no! I just took pictures. Why'd you hurt your back? What happened? I was moving around pig food. Oh, pig. we'll do it. How are the pigs? Got to lift with your legs, Mark. They they will. Uh, they're doing fine, but uh, December the twelfth is going to be a very bad. Are you day. lifting with your back and not your legs? Well, for them, probably. Yeah, I'm all for I'm all for pork. It's a good day and a bad day. I'm going to send them off with uh, a sick, uh, with a twelfth pack. You're going to get them drunk first. Yeah. Why not? That's that's awesome. They've earned that's it. That's good for you. What have yeah. they exactly earned it? They don't do anything. <laughs> they lay around. They are going to feed you well for the next year. That's what they're going to do. Send them off with. Oh. If there was ever an animal meant for eating, uh, e- eating the flesh of these things grow so quickly. They're awesome. All right, so you can bring up anything that you want. Uh, you can have a fun time with Mark on his farm if you'd like. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We've got important things to talk about here, like men and women. Can they be friends? Is it possible? I never tire of this subject. I think that this is just a... There's this, new science. It's, it's perennial. There's new science. Well, there's at least something as, as in Scientific American. Science. I don't know if everything they report on in Scientific American is scientific. I'm not going to you know, necessarily go out on that limb. It certainly sounds that way, doesn't it? They, that's how they're presenting it, right? So uh, there's a newish piece here at scientificamerican.com. Can heterosexual men and women ever be just friends? Few other questions have provoked debates as intense, family dinners as awkward, literature as lurid, or movies as memorable. Still, the question remains unanswered. Daily experience suggests that non-romantic friendships between males and females are not only possible, but common. 
Men and women live, work, and play side by side and generally seem to be able to avoid spontaneously sleeping together. However, the possibility... Spontaneously sleeping together? Like what? In the pudding aisle? Come on. That doesn't just happen. <laughs> However, the possibility remains... Depends on what pudding aisle you're talking about. <laughs> the, <laughs> this apparently platonic coexistence is merely a facade, an elaborate dance covering up countless sexual impulses bubbling just beneath the surface. So somebody's full of poop is what you're saying. Yeah, that's not <laughs> being honest. It's absolutely true. Well, somebody's being blind... And another person's being dishonest. dishonest. Right. Okay. That's fair enough to say. Yeah. I think that's and, it. I think I think the conversation's done here. I, I think that's what it comes down to. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I just I who's can't. being blind and who's being dishonest. This is my opinion, folks. I think that it is rare for that men and women can have a genuine friendship, and by genuine, I mean somebody doesn't want to scrump. Okay. The fact <laughs> is, I find people that I want to have sex with more interesting than people I don't want to have sex with. So when I'm hanging out with uh, somebody of the same gender, it's genuine that I want to be with them because I don't want to have sex with them. So um, I, I tend to think when you add that element in that, uh, you know, it makes, it makes a relationship disingenuous. Yes, certainly people have uh, great relationships. My wife, uh, you know, she, before we got married, most of her friends were men. And she said, you know, if I – and she's not acting in a blind fashion. She said if I didn't uh, – you know, I'd never have friends that were men if I didn't have men friends that wanted to have sex with me. So – you know, I mean, that's a realistic look at the look at it. You know, at the very least, yeah, I've got it. You can't have it. Um, if you want to hang out, then that's fine. But you know, whereas if somebody does it only att- apply to people that one finds attractive. I mean, I I was I remember in high school I had a friend who was a female that I was in no way, shape, or form attracted. Yep. To. But was she attracted to you? And that's another question. That's a question. Right. And we don't know. And it's difficult to we could probably call her up and ask her if you think you could find her. But I did find one of her friends attractive, however. So that could yep. so, oh, I mean, so all these- sh- I see how it goes. So so you're friends with the ugly friends so you can get close to the hot but friends. I, but I, I have, have that seen that happen before. Like and I was that 13. Is I, douchebaggery right yeah. there. <laughs> I, uh, I would not have had that ability. So, no, I don't believe that was the basis for the uh, the friendship. You okay. don't believe it was the basis for the friendship or I can't remember that far back, but I certainly didn't have any ability to, uh, you know, play women or anything like that. But that doesn't... Oh, whoa, whoa. The, the whole... If what we're saying is true here, this is absolutely speaking to the people who can't play women, right? Like, you know, hanging around with a woman and being her friend for mm-hmm. six months before you make your first move. Not exactly Casanova, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you're not playing it properly, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I, I, I believe you lay it out on the line relatively quickly um, and, you know, things go... Because that's what happens to these guys that are friends. Generally, mm-hmm. the guys that are friends are helping out with, with this series of monogamous relationships this gal's going through because other guys are coming in and laying it on the line. You know, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, and I hope them all the best. I don't consider it a very good system. That's my opinion. Uh, I, as I recall from, I mean, I think I was 13 at the time this was happening. I don't really recall much of the two of them being around one another, so it wasn't as though I was around for that purpose. So, no, I don't think that was really a factor. Great. 
Anyway, let's go back to the story here from scientificamerican.com. If you've got some comments, you're certainly welcome to share them uh, at 855-450-FREE. One more point I'd like to make on this is I do believe <laughs> that it's possible for men and women to be friends, but I think that it has to be genuine in the same way that uh, you know you you find interest. Either, you know, I don't think that if you want to have sex with each other that you're talking about a genuine friendship in the same way that mm-hmm. it, you know that sex either has to be satiated by having sex or it has to be not present so you know those are one of the two situations i think you can be friends with somebody you are having sex with but i don't think you can really be friends with somebody you want to have sex with because it's just not genuine Hmm. um you certainly can hang out with them and you can act like their friend and all these things but i don't think it's as genuine but um and obviously there's people that that don't want to have sex uh with with somebody but you have to of course know that the other person doesn't want to have sex too and that's an important aspect and be okay with that Right. I, I think too that if you're in, if uh, t- a male and a female are in two separate relationships and and having all the time of their lives in their individual relationships, it's certainly possible to be friends as well. And uh, one of the things that comes uh, up, one of the reasons for friendship is sort of a, a a shared basis. Like you you have some kind of understanding of the world that you share, something in common, and so mm-hmm. it's easier for people um, of the same gender to be friends in that way is there's there's something in common something to share i you know i'm speaking as a guy who spent who who spent his you know grew up in prison and spent most of his adult life up to that point um you know formative formative years with other men so i don't have women friends i just don't i mean you know i don't like you either mark (laughs) i think you're very nice (laughs) we don't hang out a whole bunch outside of the studio no we don't that's true all right there's more here uh because there's a, a fresh scientific study of some sort that well some new research at least that well might might answer some questions it's free talk live you can take control Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. The age-old question, or an age-old question, can heterosexual men and women actually be friends? And I think it's interesting that Scientific American made that, uh, you know, that point of pointing out we're talking about heterosexual men and women here because when you start bringing the Kinsey scale into play – Things get a little bit, uh, well, gray, I suppose, when it comes to this topic, right? Because, you know, the standard answer is that no, uh, men and women can't truly be friends if there's attraction uh, between them, if they're not having sex. Is that basically, you know, summing up what you were saying earlier, Mark? That's how I feel. Also, we saw some video at one point we talked about maybe a year ago or something like that, where uh, some, you know, aspiring uh, shock jock or something from college went around with a camera and interviewed um, friends uh, you know, separately and sort of together, um, 
you know, about. He was just asking people in like the, the lunchroom or whatever. Yeah. He, first, he went around and he was asking random women coming out of the uh, the lunchroom, "Hey, can guys and gals be friends?" And, and their answers were pretty much, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure. al- almost uh, homogeneous." Uh, the women said, "Of course." And uh, then he went, then went around and started asking people that were at tables. Uh, you know, he would ask them if they were couples or just friends. And at tables, basically, uh, first he would ask the woman, "Can men and women be friends?" And then she would say yes. And then he would ask the guys, "Would you sleep with her if you had the opportunity?" And they would all say yes. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, the <laughs> girls were ha oh, ha. <laughs> you know, they were a little... Wow, what a surprise. I, I can't believe the shock here. And, and I, I would have never suspected this. And, um, you know, I mean, it it just, I don't know. I mean, really, is it that kind of uh, blindness that goes on? Because I, I tend to think not. But how do you bring this, the Kinsey's... I mean, we haven't even gotten into what this new research is uh, suggesting here, that there is there is truth to this, that uh, that we can't be friends. But uh, men and women, that is heterosexual men and women. But what what happens when you bring in the you know the, the scale of the sure. Kinsey scale? You know, on one end you're totally gay, on the other end you're totally straight, and then there's this big in between. So you know, can obviously a, a gay male can easily be friends with a heterosexual female because he's not attracted to her, right? And likely so, she's not as attracted to him. She may have some level of attraction, and that and I think that affects the friendship too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yes, if there's no attraction between the two individuals. Then I could call for me. I can call it a genuine uh, friendship. Yeah. Um, now, if, if both individuals are being honest about their level of attraction, right? right. All right, let's get back to uh, the story here. Scientific American. Oh, hold on, I want to find out what Nimi thinks here before we get too, too, <laughs> oh, too you far. Do, do you? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, speaking as the gender I believe that is normally diluted. What um, in, on this topic? What, what is uh, it? Personally, to- I don't. I don't really notice. I tend to have a, a set of blinders on myself. So if somebody, you yeah, are wearing sunglasses I, indoors. I, yes, I am. Because I am that awesome, and I'm channeling Derek J today, but I I don't pay much attention because it's, it's it's not willful really. It's just it's not on my scale. It's not on my radar. Like I'm not out looking for whether anybody, or not so. another guy is attracted right, to you. And, right, exactly. And there there are other factors to it too. If if someone has dated a friend of mine, they're off limits. They're just immediately friends. Why is so. that? That's just common courtesy in my book. That's courtesy. I mean, really? you know, if if somebody's okay, so somebody is now ruined if they have dated. <laughs> I wouldn't say ruins. Dated. Your I just, friend. I, you know, there are three, how many how many you? billion people are there on the face of the planet? There's lots of them. All right. Yeah, so but there's I, only twenty five thousand of them here in Keene, New Hampshire. Only twenty five thousand men in Keene. Oh no, no even no. less than that. Fewer oh, people. Okay, so twenty five thousand people. 20, so probably about. You start cutting down to your age okay, so bracket, it gets a lot lower. A lot too. lower. So, okay. So, what, what you're asking me is, I I would date someone who had dated a friend of mine if I, I had had talked to my friend. If so I knew if they were nobody, cool with it, if nobody was going to get hurt. Cool. Yeah. How right. many friends do you have? I have lots of friends, Mark. Haven't we met? Uh, what's have you, yes I, i'm wondering how many friends you have uh, i'm you know in the sense that would fit into this category because i can't say that i have too many friends that would fit into this category you asked me this question the last time this came up and it happened to be on a show i was on it i don't know why that might be a trend but i you asked me if i had any friends i don't ask personal questions to people outside the show i just don't care enough right um, oh, here, I, here it's <laughs> Here, Damn. you'll feign as though you care in order to entertain the audience. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad to be the target of your feigned interest, This Mark. is what vanity sounds so like. <laughs> At least you can own it, Mark. Right. Know, right? Okay, so how many, I like to contain my, how many friends do I have human? that are single and available that I am friends with? 
of the male variety. No, no. I, I'm just asking, because you said that you would not date someone who had dated a friend of yours. Correct. And I'm wondering how many people, because this has to be one of the lo- higher level of friend categories out there. Lots of friend categories. And um, this has to be one of the higher levels of friend categories. So how many people fit into this category? Approximately. Are you talking about a dozen people? Like how many people, how many girls am I friends with who are in a relationship or married or how many men no, no. have dated them? No. I, I'm sorry. The I'm number not trying to be obtuse here. Of people that if you, if they had dated somebody, you would not date that person. The, the amount of people. It'd be fairly large, right? Because, I mean, uh, people that you know have inevitably dated a handful of folks so everyone you know is probably no, dated no, no. A handful. i'm not talking about the people that they've dated i'm talking about the number of people okay. that um if they had dated somebody you would not date that person without having asked I'm them lost. I don't, yeah see do you have a flow chart because i can't I, I, okay maybe i'm just not let's caffeinated call these people enough women okay and let's call the people they've dated men okay. for the sake of this argument okay okay how many women th- do you know that you would not date the men that they had dated uh-huh. gotcha. if they, um, you know, how many people fit that code? How many women do you know that well that you would choose not to date the men that they have dated at one point? I get what you're point? saying. Okay, I, I would say several. several many. Eight. Um, there we go. Probably closer to 30. 30? My God, you're running around all over town asking people permission to date folks. I'm I'm not running all over She's anywhere. not exactly running around getting dates, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> Do we even know the status of, of me? I have no idea. No, so you're talking out all of your I know is poop hole. Making a lot of assumptions Hello here. Hello Kitty slippers into the studio. That's I all wore I know. my pajamas in my Hello Kitty slippers, and I have a cat curled up purring on my lap. You should I am be comfortable here. I mean, you might as well. <laughs> I, it's like my second home, Mark. So let's get back to the question. I would have been in my pajamas. I, had I, I am not, not running around town asking questions or permission to go back. Boink one of my friend's exes. It's just boinking now? Now now it goes beyond uh, dating to just boinking. No, Mark. Is, that, is dating a euphemism for boinking? Uh, no, Apparently Mark. Apparently with Nemi it is. Oh my God! <laughs> I hate you both. I hate you both. No, I'm not getting flustered on the show this evening. No, no boinking, no dating. I'm not running around asking permission. It's just a common courtesy thing. I wouldn't want to hurt somebody's no, feelings. No, I, I totally get where, where Nemi's coming from. It seems Look, rude to just move in on uh, somebody's ex. I'm not a fire hydrant, and just because she peed on me at one point or another does not make me hers. That's not a I fair thing to do. I don't know what you're into, Mark. But I don't think we should get into that. Yeah, water uh, sports are not my thing. So if you divorce your wife, don't worry about me going and talking to her because I'm not into that either. We're talking about uh, people claiming ownership of other folks, and I am not owned by. No, it's not ownership. It's not ownership. ownership. It's It's just courtesy. Yeah, it is courtesy. It's courtesy. I don't think it's don't want to upset his business. Unlike you, Mark, I care about the feelings of my friends. You don't want to upset your friend, right? So you just you would touch base first and see how they feel about it. My friend needs to. Grow up. 855 453. That's the safest. This is why we're not friends, Mark. You don't care about how people feel. 855 450 3733. You can take control. That's why he lives out in the middle of nowhere uh, and, you know, seals right. himself off from society. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel, the printing press 
the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. With you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. Nami. And Mark. Uh, by the way, the features on the website include listening options. We've got live streams, broadband and mid-band and narrowband versions, three different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. One of them will work for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, our radio listening options include over 110 radio stations across the country. Uh, from coast to coast, AM and FM. Also, we're on XM, satellite radio. You can hear us every single night on XM. Uh, you can get details on that over at listen.freetalklive.com. In addition, there's a webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. And there's another satellite option, RKU Band free-to-air channel available across North America. And you can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in and learn more. As we continue here, Scientific American asking uh, an important question. Men and women, can they just be friends? And specifically heterosexual men and women. We've got some interesting results from the question that I asked uh, on Facebook and Twitter about that. Can heterosexual men and women really be friends was the question. I'd like to point out that this is the generalized can, not the uh, absolute can Mm -hmm. here. I mean, you know, I I think that at some point... Humans tend to generalize if there's some level of number. Can in if we're talking about in ninety percent of the cases, um, you know, it's not a genuine friendship by the definitions we've been using here this evening. Then I think that maybe one could say, you know, can't, even though it's not a absolute can't. Obviously, in ten percent of the cases, it could. And your answer, Mark, is if there's any level of attraction, then no, they can't be true friends I don't as consider, long as they aren't having sex. I, I wouldn't consider that uh, a true true f- uh, friendship. I what think if that, both are being honest? What if what if you are attracted to your, your female friend and you say, look, I'm attracted to you? And she said, nope, sorry. And I'm still hanging out? Yes. That makes me pathetic. Wow. Really? Let's go to you and your yes. thoughts here. Uh, Donovan Kabalka on Facebook says, sure, if one's a fatty. I think that's a great answer. If you're really not attracted to the other person, I mean, how does that, That what, what, I can't be friends with you if you're a fatty who's attracted to me for, I mean, for using that example. I mean, if you're into water sports like Mark, I'm not into that. (laughs) So I'm not going to be attracted to Mark. I mean, besides Mark's married. And, and, you know, Ian's my boss. This is the same thing I said the last time we talked about this. Ian's my boss. Mark is married. Ian's not in charge of anything around here, just so you know. Okay, so... Um, Okay. It's not... Nothing. Not his studio? Yeah, oh, please. Not his cat sitting on my lap? The, the, Not the my en- house. That the we're engine in. that drives this, sitting uh, on this oh, side. Is, of the table. Oh, you. That's right. Okay, Mr. Water Sports. That's Mr. Great. Uh, full of himself. As he's already admitted. I mean, he's already <laughs> pointed that out. So he's, he owns it. Uh, back to your thoughts over at Facebook. Kevin Freehart says My opinion on this has changed so many times. Zach Bowman and Sergio says Women can, men can't. 
Missy Wilson says... I would agree with that, maybe. If if you think a guy is just your friend, call him at 2 in the morning, tell him you're drunk and bored, and see what happens. Now I think that's Missy, a good test. Yeah, yeah, Missy's got the Missy wins this one. Uh, this is the, the you know this will let you know. According to uh, let's see, Eric Jeffcoat, he says I'm friends with a few ugly women I would never even consider. Marcus Bartlett says most of my friends are but, female. But, but but yeah, we get back to the butt. If they want to have sex with him, I but still don't think we're talking about this a is Marcus, genuine friendship. right? Is Marcus, uh, this is we're Eric, talking about. Oh, Eric Jeffcoat. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, it, I mean, is he a good-looking guy? Are these uglies? Know. Are these just a throng just, of uglies they're, chasing they're him? Their picture's so small, you can't tell what's going on. So, I mean, I have a fan club too, but Marcus Bartlett says most of my friends are female, and I'm only interested in about four of them. I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. I, mm-hmm. I'm only talking about the. Uh, Would that change if the four weren't interested in him? Would he be interested in the other friends? I don't know. It's a good I, question. I, I'm interested. Chris Colada says yes, but not just. Friends, I assert a man cannot be friends with a woman he would not sleep with in some circumstance, and he says that as a married man. A man cannot be friends with a woman that he would not sleep with in some circumstance. I assert that you cannot be friends with a woman that you either A, are not sleeping with, or B, do not want to be to sleep with. Okay, I don't so think this, that's real this comes back to the, the article, which is men and women think differently on this matter, and it's usually men who have um, an agenda. That the women that are you don't think women have the to, same agenda. Women they, can certainly have the same agenda. Yeah. I have been guilty of that myself a, a few I times. Bet. However, I, I again I'll go back to having blinders on. That if I'm in a situation where I'm not looking for that, mm-hmm. I'm I'm oblivious to it. Hmm. Really. More from uh, your comments on Facebook. Bob Neighbor says, I just have to mention that as much as Ian and Nemi are getting on Mark's case, he's the only one of the three that's married and has kids, so he does have some amount of success under his belt. Well, I disagree that it's success to have kids and get <laughs> yeah, married. Thanks. I would agree with Ian on that as well. I think it's a success that I don't have children Thank and you. I'm not married. Yeah. And I don't know what success looks that. like in this area, um, and I don't think that this... That well, by Bob's, you know, his viewpoint, you're successful. I would agree with Bob's viewpoint that I think Jack is is a joy to behold but i am i'm certainly i'm certainly glad he doesn't live at my house <laughs> well yeah he's being a lot of work i'm sorry when i was 11 i figured i heard what an episiotomy was and that a c-section was not optional and i'm all set with childbirth thank you very much yeah right uh, I heard enough stories about uh, paying child support and exes and all the horror stories and right you know, there's just no need for it i mean the amount of money that anyone would pay in child support the first month pays for the vasectomy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, all done. Uh, so congratulations, Mark, for, for bearing crotch fruit. Or thank you, at Chris. Least picking, picking a I've got the cutest suitable crotch fruit, fruit tree. He's a miracle. Yeah, he he's is. He's a miracle. <laughs> uh, Chris Bennett says, friends before or after sex? Let's go to you and your thoughts here, though. Uh, we've got Ethan on the line in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ethan. Hello, Ethan, Mark. and it, Well, darn it, I've forgotten the third name. I'm so Nemi sorry. Nemi is here with us tonight. Yeah. My goodness, I feel like an absolute tool, but that's uh, that's what you do for working with a guy's brain. Look, uh, <laughs> uh, hear that, Mark? <laughs> but, uh, I, I think I think Mark is actually on the right track here. Let me explain why. Um, now I'm I'm completely not only one hundred ten percent. Oh, I already knew I was on the right track. I, I don't need well, any. Have, somebody has to massage it. Uh, look, oh, <laughs> dude, don't be saying stuff like that when I'm sitting next to him in the studio, okay? Don't look, give him any oh, more well, ammunition it, than he needs. This is what real vanity I, looks like. He I is right on this one. I, I mean, don't I, need anybody bolstering my ego. 
It's You're, fine the way it is. You can't get any larger. <laughs> right. I, you know, we'll I, need to buy him a new chair and I reach the glass ceiling. Up. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Here. Okay, here's what it boils down to for me. Look, I think Mark was on the right track. What this boils down to is simply not being able to handle more complex relationships. So you take this idea that uh, you have a relationship with somebody, and that relationship ends, and it's supposed to be something significant, right? So then your friend is looking at this person that you were previously in a relationship with. They're looking at that person thinking, can I have a relationship? The issue is not common courtesy. The issue is, can I handle it? If my friend has a relationship with that person, that's not my friend's problem. It's my problem if I have an issue with that. I think that's not common courtesy. It's an emotional kind of immaturity. It's a childish way to look at relationships. Well, I can appreciate hmm. your standpoint for sure. And I, I would agree that in some cases that can certainly be true. I see it as a matter of common courtesy because I try not to, I endeavor not to hurt my friend's feelings. The problem with if, 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 Now, hold on. I'm not done yet. Right. Because if my friend, who is my <laughs> friend, is going to be emotionally immature and have some hurt feelings, now I... I can I can treat that respectfully, yeah. or I can just ignore it out of and do out it of anyway. hand and do it yeah, and do it without even consulting well, them. Not consulting them, but just trying to well, because, be, be let me talk. Yes, my God, I'm trying uh, to, to agree be with respectful. You. Be respectful of their feelings. Immature, re- responsible, appropriate response, in my view, or not, it doesn't matter. As a, as a friend, I think it's important to do. And yes, I do think it's common courtesy. Yes, but you're, caller, you're I do. I, I do. I, I'm conflating tact with, with hands off. There's Stand by, Ethan. Difference. We can bring you back here in a moment at 855 450 free. I was trying to agree with you, and I mean, I apologize. I was trying to uh, yell at you, Ian. Yes, you, little, were, you succeeded. Though feisty. Uh, so we'll continue here with this discussion. 855 450 free. It, is, it seems like a common courtesy, but ultimately, isn't it just that? Like, it, it's nothing deeper than just, oh, I'm just checking with you. Because if you don't like what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it anyway. You may do it anyway. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And what is SACL CAI anyway? Well, the sponsor of our phone lines for long one. time, long time sponsor. Well, they've uh, they've kind of moved around. Um, you know, they're just a there's a big sponsor of Free Talk Live. Uh, Jason Osborne, one of the uh, principals over there, at, uh, including his dad, uh, Mike Osborne, both big supporters of Liberty, big supporters of Free Talk Live. And if you've got a business that needs to try something new in the area of uh, accounts receivable. They can do it. It is a arduous and vexing task for the small business person or mid-sized business person, for that matter. Um, anybody, it's a, it's it's a difficult task, and SACL CAI specializes in it, and they can take care of it. SACL CAI. All right, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Excellent idea. Uh, so we're talking about men and women, specifically heterosexual men and women, 
And the question of can they really be friends? Lots of different opinions here on I'm this. I'm kind of curious about this because um, I don't think it's just heterosexual men and women, but um, people that are attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. Could gay men that are not attracted to each other be friends? You know, like, I mean, that are not attracted to each other, I think they could. But gay could, men that are, are attracted, attracted to, to each other, I would say in the same way, or probably women, in yeah. the same way, not going to be friends. If there's an attractive uh, attraction component, it's not a real friendship, in my opinion. Mm. Unless all that's out in the open, right? Even if it's out in the open, I, I mean, you know, I think that if it's being satiated, uh-huh. I'm friends with my wife. She's a great lady. I, we hang out all the time. Yeah. But, you know, if when a marriage is healthy, you're having sex. So that's, you know, so I think that, yes, I'm friends with her. We're having sex. But if, so what you're saying is if somebody is, is upfront with the fact that they're sexually attracted to another person, even if they're not necessarily having sex, they cannot be friends not particularly no i just think it's i, I think it's a, it's kind of a pathetic, just because they're waiting in the wings wanting. kind of yeah. thing all right 855-450-FREE let's go back to ethan he's on the line in canada now one of the side uh tangents of this subject was uh you know the discussion regarding whether or not you should uh you should just jump right in and date a friend's ex uh nemi you and i kind of take the position that it's common courtesy to to at least you know give them a heads up or talk to them uh, sorry about that let me go go ahead again <laughs> touch base to touch base yeah. because ultimately if you are with uh, or if you want to date an ex of a friend no. then you touch base with them and they say no i forbid it and it, you really want to do it you're going to do it anyway right maybe Maybe. Depending on who's it, more important at that I, I point, right? The friend think, or the, the ex? I think the caller was on to something he was, he was beginning He's to say. He's with us, by the way. Um, Ethan. Hi, Ethan. Uh, uh-huh. you, were saying, you were saying before the break <laughs> that I was conflating tact with something else. Right. What? Well, I think you were. You were conflating it with hands-off, right? With hands-off. Hands-off is different than tact. Uh, you made, okay, now that we're nailing down specifics a, a little more, yes, okay, so Ian is correct that if my friend says, no, I forbid it, okay, okay I may decide. I, you I then certainly have to make a decision between your friend decide. and the ex, right? Right, exactly. I, I, yes. Well, let's, let, okay, but uh, let's, let's think about this in another, because you, you guys raised the issue of, uh, could could gay guys be friends? And and then I hear, you know, no, pod can't possibly be friends. Gay oh, guys who are attracted to one another, could they be friends? Was what gay Mark. guys who are attracted. Okay, fine, sure, great. Now, uh, I okay, so I'm bisexual, and I think that I am friends with a lot of really good-looking people, mm-hmm. and I think those are genuine friendships. Like what we're talking about here again, I come back to this emotional immaturity. This idea that we can't deal with people if we have sexual attraction to them. Guess what? Sexual attraction is a huge component of what makes us work day to day. Um, but I, I don't. I don't think I anyone said you can't deal what? with them. Mark, Mark is suggesting that uh, that as a gay man, that can't you would be. be pathetic if you were waiting in the wings as uh, as a friend. <laughs> well, okay. So does sexual attraction mean you are waiting in the wings? Let's, See, let's, I, that's how I agree with you, here. Ethan. If some, of, if some of my most attractive friends called me at 3 in the morning to invite me over, I would tell them somebody better have died to have called me at 3, three in, the in the morning. 3 in the morning, right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, look, there's, there's a different component to this. It's not just as simple as are you sexually attracted to somebody you can't be friends. Look, if you're going to ignore the fact that you have sexual organs in a sex drive, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm really sorry for you. I'm, I'm so sad. But honestly, you got to deal with it because either you are a person or you're an automaton. I don't, I don't really like the idea of being automaton, an, an automaton. I, I hate that idea. 
Um, I, I don't know. It's just to me, it seems like recognizing your humanity. I think Am Ethan's I making some good. Uh, yeah, some absolutely. Good points. I concur with a lot of what you're saying, Ethan, for sure. And and I think that we have to, a lot of multiple choices here. You know, so Mark is saying you can't be. You're pathetic. I love that word too. Well, well picked. Pathetic. If you have feelings for someone and you're friends with them anyway, you can't just put that on a shelf and and enjoy a friendship for for a friendship and accept that your friend isn't attracted to you. As I said, as a man, I mean, because I'm appointing you to speak on behalf of, of all, all mankind. Well, you can't possibly give me that. Um, you would have to, at, at the very least, I only represent your the, ego. Can't handle that one, Mark. Oh, oh, come on, speak on I only represent Borishman. Uh, <laughs> yes, you now, are. You know, and, and I don't have uh, female friends. I mean, I have colleagues, I have coworkers, I have you know people that you know I, I'm certainly friendly with them. I don't treat them all like uh, you know disposable individuals or anything like that, but. I, you know, I don't I, I don't call up my female friends and say, hey, you want to have a beer unless I've got an agenda. Hmm. Ethan, final thoughts. Really? Really. Well, I don't call up female friends now and uh, ask them for a beer. But yeah, because that's really unfortunate that you would call them that way. I mean, I've got some female friends that I, I, I get a lot of a lot of emotional and intellectual satisfaction from. I mean, that I, you're also I'm, attracted I'm to them. But oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on, they have a heartbeat and legs, and they don't look like a troll. Look, it's not, it's just, I, again, if you're going to ignore this stuff, I think it's an emotional sort of immaturity. That's what am I ignoring? Interesting. Ugly people need love, too, You're, you're conflating, you're conflating these ideas of sexual attraction with emotional attraction. That's a mistake, and that's a childish mistake. Mm. You can't do that. Oh, I don't think I, I don't think I do that at all. I absolutely believe that first you have to find, first you have to satisfy sexual attraction in order to know whether or not you have an, a true emotional attra- attra- attraction to another person. Well, that's ridiculous. Then how okay. are you? How are you friends with anybody? I, yeah, I think he's I telling mean, you he's I, not. I, my sexual attraction to Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what he just to, said? My I'm, sexual yeah. attraction to Correct Ian me is completely wrong. satiated. I don't have one. Ethan, good thoughts, man. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. Let's go to John, listening in Carson City, Nevada. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, um, for me. Dating would be uh, really the same thing as courtship, and I, you know, I could see lots of women that uh, I would have absolutely no intent of courting, but there's no reason I couldn't be friends with them. Sure, I'm fair enough. I'm only saying that it's rarely, and I think I've given the number like ten percent. So that leaving our audience is is tens of thousands of people, um, you know, are going to you know be able to say that this is the case. I'm certainly not going to say that that's not true. Also, um, in certain circumstances, I would call somebody my friend that I'm not actually elevating. I think that there's a whole lot of uh, variations, uh, stratifications of friendship, and the ones I'm talking about are like real good friends and i don't think you've got more than a handful of those at any given time in your lifetime you're lucky i've read articles you're lucky if you have three if not five by the time i think it was 60 it was a new york times article i'd even take the next stratification down from that sort of not not just friends of a lifetime but friends of of sort of you know your best friends at the the moment too um you know but I also think that there's people that would, you know, be colleagues that you're with whom you are friendly that might be, you know, called friends depending on the situation also. John, further thoughts? Well, I don't, uh, you know, for myself, I don't uh, have any friends that I would consider close compared to my wife. I mean, it's not, it's, 
it's really totally non-rivalrous. But uh, for myself, there's no there's no obstacle there. But you know, like Mark says, uh, people are different, and that may be a distinct minority. Thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight, John. Appreciate hearing from you. Also, want to invite you to freestateproject.org. Uh, it is a great opportunity for people who love liberty, men and women from all around the world, who love the ideas of freedom, that is, your freedom to live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anyone else. And if you're willing to grant that freedom to others so you yourself can be free at some point, then you should go to freestateproject.org. There are over 13,000 people who have signed up thus far to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and a whole lot of them are single. And male. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, the numbers are a lot better than they used to they be. They are, absolutely. You, you are, we, uh, we have five women here now. <laughs> no, they are a lot. They are a lot better. A lot better. They're, yeah. they're a lot better within the Free State Project than in the Liberty Movement as a whole, I believe. Uh, at least my previous experience with the Liberty Movement. So go to yeah. freestateproject.org, get signed up, and get your butt up to New Hampshire and get active. Because the more people that we can get together here in the same place, the greater concentration of activism that we can have, the more of an effect we can have, the more freedom we'll achieve in our lifetime. Are we going to actually read the science here from some Scientific point, American? Freestateproject.org is the site to visit. We'll take your calls. We're still talking about men and women. Can they be friends uh, if there's attraction? 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Hour two's next. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features. And corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from mother's ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. On a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want here at 855-450-FREE. In the first hour of the show, for those of you just tuning in, we actually just got two paragraphs into a piece over at scientificamerican.com asking the question, can heterosexual men and women ever be just friends? Uh, It ended up spawning an hour-long conversation on the topic, and we haven't even gotten to what Scientific American here says is new research that suggests that there may be some truth to the idea that we may think we're capable of being just friends with members of the opposite sex, but the opportunity for romance is often lurking just around the corner, waiting to pounce at the most inopportune moment. We will continue this piece in moments, but first, Jeremy's on the line in Philly, listening via TuneIn. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Um, I had a seatbelt ticket story, but I just wanted to comment on the topic. Um, I think friendships have a really strong connection to relationships, uh, a lot of females prefer them to kind of test the waters for a relationship. They don't want to date right away. They do like the friends first. But for males, they'll usually settle for friendships if they're rejected, the dreaded friend zone. Or mm-hmm. uh, in in my case, if there was an initial attraction, 
but then the guy realizes he really wouldn't want to be with the girl but kind of stays with her because she's cool and then that there's mutual interest i think um there's always opposite sex people that we have that we have platonic relationships with like uh, a friend of your wife or someone from childhood or work uh, acquaintances but i think that friendships uh have you can have in inroads and strong connections to relationships um and then i have this uh, a seatbelt ticket story um i happen to uh talk to a lot of truck drivers at at my job i don't drive but um a truck driver had told me that because of a medical condition, he cannot wear his seatbelt across his chest because of his heart. Mm-hmm. So he had, he was wearing it a special way, and he was driving down the highway, and there was a state trooper standing on an overpass with binoculars, oh boy. looking down at the looking down at the traffic. And the state trooper radioed ahead to a chase car, and the truck driver was pulled yep. over a couple miles down the road, and the truck driver. I talked to him yesterday, and uh, he he uh, took it to court. He fought he fought the seatbelt ticket, and he got it dismissed. Good wow. for him. And I just had, and I just had to think like when he was telling me about it, I could not stop laughing because it sounded so ridiculous. I just could picture a trooper with a Smokey the Bear hat with yep. binoculars, with the mustache, looking down off the overpass. And I asked the truck driver. I I said, well, and uh, the uh, driver said that. There's more money to for the troopers to pull over the trucks because they could hit the trucking company with a Department of Transportation safety violation. The DOT is absolutely ridiculous with the the restrictions that are in place on truckers and transportation mm-hmm. companies. They're absolutely ridiculous that they're moving toward now. If you work for a, a transportation company and you don't even drive, you need DOT clearance and TSA clearance if you do business at the airport. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing with truckers uh, as it is with anybody that's traveling, though. I mean, these bureaucrats know that they can hand out tickets like candy, and most people are just going to pay them because, especially with a truck driver, they're not stopping there. They're not going to be there for whenever the, uh, you know, they're probably not going to be there for whenever the court date is. It's just more convenient to pay the ticket and move on. But But truck drivers do, okay, so some states have moved to very expensive tickets. If you look at uh, states like New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, you look where they have high tax rates and they'll often have high ticket costs, Mm -hmm. too. Um, But, I mean, you know, they at one point speeding tickets would be less than a hundred dollars now they can be like four hundred wow. uh, and and you know this is no joke at all but when you're talking about truck drivers tickets can be when you're when you figure in what it costs the trucking company and then the truck driver it can be grands yeah well yep. in that case it'll be Easily. worth it to to go to court and good for him for challenging this and uh, taking it on and winning do you know any more detail about how he won in court I know that he was able to take photos. He he had a friend stand up on a high surface and take photos of him sitting in the cab from the frontal view mm-hmm. and side view with the seatbelt on. And he said that you could clearly see in the photos how the top end of the belt is pushed down. And you because the uh, truck has a it's a Peterbilt and it has a really wide like. The windshield itself is narrow, so when you're looking down on it, there's a sun blocker over 
like a good portion of the windshield. It's pretty yeah. narrow. It's it's almost like a large slit. So when you're, of course, looking down through that from an overpass, you're not seeing a gigantic windshield. You're seeing a portion of it. And he was able to take photos and bring them in to show mm-hmm. the, the uh, judge that he did have his seatbelt on. It just wasn't visible. And he had, he, had, he had to get paperwork from his doctor. But it wow. brings up two issues. One, just to think of a private business, how this is, this is the state taking a truck driver, uh, ha- uh, he has to go to court, and then the company has... Think of all the resources wasted on the ticket. Uh, it, that just speaks to the in- inefficiency of government. And then think of just the waste of police resources. I don't right. know how many times I've opened the paper, and there's a whole kind of crime in Delaware County outside of Philly. There's all this crime in Chester. Their police, like uh, 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 like a year or two ago, like half their police force quit. Like you have tons of real crime in Delaware County, and you have two, three, four troopers. Their salaries, their equipment. You have this all these police resources yep. to you know. And well, look at busting the, people for seatbelts. Well, look at the money where where the money's coming in here. And additionally, when you have a, a tag team or a set of tag team. Police officers doing something like this. When you appeal it, they need to bring everybody into court. Otherwise, it gets dismissed for your. Uh, I forget what the term is, but it happened for me once. Somebody got me with the radar and called ahead, and I wanted the initial guy, not the guy who signed my ticket. I wanted the guy with the radar detector, mm-hmm. and the, he was not there, so they dismissed. Case dismissed. Yeah. Jeremy, thanks for sharing your story tonight. I do appreciate hearing from right. you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So important to take these things to court because a lot of time they don't really have a case and they just know that if they hand out tickets, people will pay them. Howtowinincourt.com Indeed. Uh, that is the uh, the new version of what was formerly known as Jurisdictionary. It's a great course and it's the only one like it out there that uh, will teach you how to, uh, you know, how to... Move, make motions in court and and all those kind of things. I mean, you, the the kind of rules you need to know in court. It's one thing to take a ticket to court. It's a great idea, but when you do, you need to know the rules of court and how to win in court. dot com will teach them to you. you know, especially in cases where you've got the possibility of court costs looming over your head as well. Just for taking something to court, you don't want to end up paying court costs. You want to win. That's right. Uh, so it helps. It'll teach you how to do it in in the course of a weekend. The eighth, an average eighth grader could learn how to do the course, and it costs about an you know less than what it would cost to spend an hour with any good attorney. Back to the Scientific American article about new research suggesting that maybe we think we're capable of being just friends—that is, heterosexual men and women. Uh, with members of the opposite sex, but the opportunity or perceived opportunity for romance is often lurking just around the corner, waiting to pounce at the most inopportune moment. Continuing, in order to investigate the viability of truly platonic opposite sex friendships, a topic that has been explored more on the silver screen than in the science lab, researchers brought 88 <laughs> pairs. It's a compelling topic, though, and that's, and that's proof. Brought 88 pairs of undergraduate opposite sex friends into a science lab. Okay, so they're restricted by age already. Yeah, typically okay. a lot of these studies go with Are you uh, calling young college people. students shallow? <laughs> I might be. I might be, Mark. I might Privacy be. was paramount. I think that speaks more to your experiences <laughs> in that age group than these people that were brought into the lab. Oh, okay. 
Privacy was paramount. For example, imagine the fallout if two friends learned that one and only one had unspoken romantic feelings for the other throughout their relationship. In order to ensure honest responses, the researchers not only followed standard protocols regarding anonymity and confidentiality, but also required both friends to agree verbally and in front of each other to refrain from discussing the study even after they'd left the testing facility. These friendship pairs were then separated, and each member of the pair was asked a series of questions related to his or her romantic feelings or the lack thereof toward the friend with whom they were taking the study. The results suggest large gender differences in how men and women experience opposite-sex friendships, or at least how undergraduate men and women. Right, And I exactly. think it's uh, very uh, prescient to point that out, Nimi. This would also be interesting to see how seniors, right. you know, would or even have middle-aged people like Mark to the same uh, when questions. When do I get to be middle-aged? We'll continue here uh, with the details on what the study found out in a moment. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You may bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where we give you the website for free. But let me tell you, it is not free to run that website. It costs way more than I expected that it, uh, that it would. And so if you want to help us out with that, uh, there are ways to do it. One of them is by uh, sending a little something to our Bitcoin tip jar. Uh, you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com in order to find the address that you'll need to send us whatever amount of Bitcoins you would like. Uh, bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Also, there's some handy links on that page to help you learn more about Bitcoin and also acquire Bitcoin. So bitcoin.freetalklive.com. I think it's a good time to acquire bitcoins also there's going to be a uh, um a sort of an artifi- i think an artificial bump in the price of uh, bitcoins uh, the, the the mining rate will be cut in half near the end of the month so i recommend buying them as soon as you can there's links there to do that at um, uh, bitinstant.com but if you don't know what bitcoins are there's also links there to find out what they are uh, we use coins.org that link is at uh, bitcoin.freetalklive.com and also blockchain.info. That's a place where you can get a free online Bitcoin wallet. Uh, again, it's blockchain.info. This wallet is encrypted right in your browser. Blockchain.info never has any access to your money. Um, in fact, they don't even know how much money you're sending or receiving at any given time. And with it, you can send Bitcoins via email to your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell number in just about any country around the world. And it's all free blockchain.info. So we're going to continue here with the Scientific American article about some new research uh, involving college students, uh, 88 pairs of them, uh, opposite sex friends, heterosexual, 
brought into a lab and interviewed regarding their true feelings about their friend. Uh, they were told to keep it secret, keep it private. The testers kept the uh, information private as well. That way they hoped that the friends would give honest responses regarding their level of attraction to their, uh, their other friend. The results suggest a large gender difference in how men and women experience opposite-sex friendships. Men were much more attracted to their female friends than vice versa. Hmm. So just by that, you can presume that if you are with a uh, – if you're friends with a lady and you are attracted to her but she has not indicated as such to you – She doesn't uh, have a clue. That she you know, either – well, either doesn't have a clue or is definitely not interested in you. Yeah, right? one of the two. Uh, and men were also more likely than women to think that their opposite-sex friends were attracted to them, a clearly misguided belief. Uh, and and that's understandable why a man might think that, oh, she's spending time with me. She must be attracted to me because that's what men think, right? If if a man is spending time with a woman because she's attractive to him, they put their themselves in her shoes and think, oh, well, she Project. must be spending yeah. time with me because she's attracted to me. It's not true. I don't think so, um, necessarily. You don't think men think that? Well, that's what the study is saying here. Men were more likely than women to think that their friends of an opposite sex were attracted to them. And they were wrong. Um, well, I think I, I think it would be more accurate to say that women probably think that they are um, attracted to them in a, not a romantic way, but enjoy company same as the same as they do. Because it's, yeah, it's, we're talking about romance, right? I understand. Yeah. yeah. And sex. I have uh, heard of, uh, so a friend of mine explained his theory on uh, this uh, friendship thing was is essentially I'll hang around her as her friend because at so- some point sooner or later she has to take her clothes off. And <laughs> this is Keep this going. is the concept. You know, like at some point she'll be vulnerable. She'll uh, be, you know, which I consider pathetic again, right? Like it's the it's the predator that can only... Yeah, it sounds like a rapist or something. It sounds really, really dangerous. <laughs> Seriously. He's waiting until she's drunk and he's going to take advantage of her or something like that? I don't know. What does that mean? I think they're hoping for something good to happen. Yeah. I don't necessarily talk about taking advantage of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it depends on how what you mean by that yeah. statement. And I just, you know, to me, it just makes a heck of a lot more sense. Let's just get this out on the table. In fact, men's estimates of how attractive they were to their female friends had virtually nothing to do with how these women actually felt and almost everything to do with how the men themselves felt. Basically, males assumed that any romantic attraction they experienced was mutual and were blind to the actual level of romantic interest felt by their female friends, which is why getting it out on the table as quickly as possible yeah. is a very helpful thing to do. And, and maybe even misinterpreting something that's intended as a, as a gesture of friendship. Like, I, sure. I, I don't know, I, running an errand for a friend, oh, she must like me. I, I, I don't know. About, she's running the errand or he's she's, running the errand? She's running the errand for okay. him. Oh, she must really like me. I, it's not a great example off the cuff, but I'm sure I can come up with something better. It seems more likely... That he would be the one in running in the area is, is what I've seen in these well, situations. Well, and that, that definitely happens too. We've we've discussed this before. And the question, I believe, if memory serves, that you ask me, Mark, is: Do I have any any guy friends that I am not attracted to that do favors for me? 
Yes. And the answer is no. Okay. Not really. Okay. Women well, good. women uh, were also blind to the mindset of their opposite sex friends because females generally were not attracted to their male friends. They assumed that this lack of attraction was mutual. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. So the same thing's happening on both sides. The male is attracted. He assumes she's attracted because she's hanging out with him. The woman is not attracted. She assumes he's not attracted as well. And so both people are projecting their own right. uh, feelings onto the other So what's person. the per- – did they give percentages on this? Uh, you could probably get into the study. They're it's just kind of giving a you a general summary disproportionately large amount of men thought that they were um, moving towards a romantic relationship by being in a friendship. And yes. a disproportionately large amount of women thought otherwise. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, this is this is totally what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, you oh, know, Like I said, I think you're right on this. I, I just – I, I'm not trying to be mercenary or anything. I tend to look at the world in a mercenary fashion. You know, I, I want to look at facts. I don't want to. I, I, I don't fluff. Uh, I don't fluff the pillow or anything like that. I specifically want to talk about what's real, and this is real. Is that uh, you're giving it to us raw? I, I think that. Oh, please I, keep it in your pants. Guys <laughs> feel this way often. They think that they can. Uh, friendship their way to romance Mm. and i'm not saying unfortunately this system works often enough that it keeps people that are willing yes it does work often enough Hmm. the the gentleman was just talking there have been a couple of gentlemen that have talked about it when they've called in sure they have that they've been able to friend their way into a they romantic were ta- yeah, relationship? They, they were talking about that sort of situation, yeah. As a result, men consistently overestimated the level of attraction felt by their female friends, and women consistently underestimated the level of attraction felt by their male friends. Men were also more willing to act on this mistakenly perceived mutual attraction. Both men and women were equally attracted to romantically involved opposite-sex friends and those who were single Hot friends were hot and not friends were not, regardless of their relationship status. However, men and women differed in the extent to which they saw attached friends as uh, potential romantic partners. Although men were equally as likely to desire romantic dates with taken friends as with single ones, women were sensitive to their male friends' relationship status and uninterested in pursuing those who were already involved with someone else. Who said it? I said it. This, these results suggest that men relative to women have a particularly hard time being just friends. What makes these results particularly interesting is that they were found within particular friendships. Remember, each participant was not excuse me, each participant was only asked about the specific platonic friend with whom they entered the lab on this particular scientific study uh, occasion. We'll give you more here in a moment. 855-453-free. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can share your thoughts if you would like or bring up anything that you want. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com The 
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll-free number, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And maybe you've got some thoughts on the topic du jour tonight. Can heterosexual women and men actually be friends? The science says they're very confused about it. We'll uh, continue here with that in moments. But first... Well, this evening on the Edgington Post, I did an interview with David E. Jones, the author of strategicsurvival.com. You can find that interview over at soundcloud.freetalklive.com. Um, all the interviews that I do for the Edgington Post are included there. They're just extra content. Go get it for completely for free. And if you need to know what Strategic Survival is, it's a book that points out specifics um, that you need to know in specific survival situations, not just, you know, what you should have and for, you know, the survival of your family. It's important to know what you need in specific situations. And strategicsurvival.com really lays that out for you. Um, also, specific products that uh, you might you know, if, if in this situation you're going to want tested um, and it gives you all kinds of practice that you can do. Strategic survival dot com. It's a great book and it should be in any uh, person who's interested in being prepared, preppers, any kind of uh, preppers library, strategic survival dot com. We're continuing here with the Scientific American piece on whether or not men and women can actually just be friends in heterosexual relationships. Uh, Mark, you, I think, brought up uh, astutely the question about what about, you know, uh, homosexual males or females do the same uh, factors of friendship uh, questions, you know, apply to them as well. Turns out in the study, at least in this case, of college age couples, excuse me, couples, I don't mean that, uh, college age friends, friends, a male and female friend couples, right? Going into this study, they were, you know, there was privacy surrounding this. They were, you know, told, look, you know, this is going to be personal information. We're not going to let your friend know this. They wanted to know how they really felt about them. As it turns out, uh, the males in the study overestimated big time the level of attraction felt by their female friends and the women consistently underestimated the level of attraction felt by their male friends. So, totally oblivious, as you were suggesting earlier, yeah. uh, Nemi. I... And the guys were thinking that every little, you know, sidewards glance from her was, you know, an invitation to a, a bigger and better romantic sexual relationship. If you come shopping with me at Bed Bath & Beyond, you might get to see me naked later. Right? Am Apparently, I getting that's it? what they believe. Am I getting this right? You know, at, at before... Maybe ninth grade, um, I kind of had this policy of trying to be friends with uh, women that I found attractive. And, you know, just the feeling that I had in this area is I, I, that's why I use the term pathetic, because this idea that you're running around for months, if not years, pining after this individual that you think that just the right situation is going to come up and the magic is going to happen. And, uh, you know, study says that's just not going to happen. No, that, uh, th- most of these women had absolutely no feelings uh, for the uh, the other guy at all. And not in that they, way. Yeah. And that the guys believed that they did. And they believed that they did because of the confirmation bias that, oh, well, she continues to hang out with me, so therefore she must be interested. Oh, no, it goes further and deeper than this. I mean, take a look at Hollywood and its guilt in this area. I mean, when Dustin Hoffman's, uh, you know, ba- banging on the glass at the church going, Elaine, Elaine, at this at his uh, girlfriend, you know, uh, w- w- girl, the girl he wishes to yeah. marry, his wedding trying to break up the wedding mm. um letting her know that he's in love with her and she you know dumps the guy and goes with Which her movie how many, was this 
the, the, it the sounds graduate. familiar. Okay. Sounds like a chick flick, Mark. It's the graduate. Um, I mean, it's. But you're saying Hollywood creates this to Hollywood some extent. Hollywood absolutely creates the idea that uh, you're going to, as the guy, if you hang on long enough, that well, is art creating life or is life creating art? Are yeah. those just lonely scriptwriters that are projecting their own views sure of what they'd like to have happen hap- with their female friends? I'm sure this happened pre-Hollywood as well. I'm sure it did. Let's go back to the study here from ScientificAmerican.com. Uh, They're saying here that what makes this particularly interesting is that they were found within particular friendships. That is, these results. uh, That is, each participant was only asked about the specific platonic friend with whom they entered the lab. This is not just a bit of confirmation for stereotypes about sex-hungry males and naive females. It's direct proof that two people can experience the exact same relationship in radically different ways. Mm. Men seem to see myriad opportunities for romance in their supposedly platonic opposite-sex friendships. But don't do anything about it. Right? Isn't that what we're getting at here? They're, they're seeing all Presumably sorts Presumably they of... have not revealed to this right. friend how they feel. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this, Nimi. Hold okay. on. One I, more I sentence. I love your questions for me, Mark. Paragraph here. The women in these friendships, however, seem to have a completely different orientation, one that is actually platonic. You know, I, I'm just wondering is if this... So in this circumstance, is it um, if the guy does man up in my opinion and finally asks the the woman out or whatever it is he does uh, you know reveals his interest mm-hmm. in her do you think that this is likely to change her feelings or do you no think way. that she's going uh, i'm sorry you're uh, asking Nemi. yeah okay. <laughs> when you get another x chromosome you can open your yacker um, <laughs> i love working here it is so much fun do you think that this is likely to change the woman's uh you know feelings in this area i would i would say rarely if ever rarely if ever rarely okay. if ever because if some if i have if, if, speaking for myself if i've gotten to be friends with someone and they've and this comes back to the honesty if they've been sitting on this for a while like we were talking about the guy who proposed marriage during the break to you to me proposed yes. marriage to me and it came out of nowhere and i was not even remotely interested in this guy and yep. yeah dropped him like a bad habit because he had been misrepresenting himself in the friendship and to me that's that's dishonesty and that's bad bad basis for a really a bad basis for a but friendship his view mind. was likely what these guys view was is that oh she's willing to go to the park with me she must be interested it's right a, hey you buy me coffee i'll go to the park with you mm-hmm. sure so okay i also think that there's um to some extent a uh, you know differences in the way that the the sexes appro- approach sex um and i think this is obvious right like there's more of a burden on keep women keep it in your pants mark uh, I, I think that most guys don't want to keep it in their pants right, I know. especially younger ones and um you know, so that they what often the people with the friendship want is that they understand innately that certain circumstances will create romantic situations. If you're at, say, a, you know, if you take on a first date, you take a date skydiving or something like that, like you're like and you can share that moment in time of uh, emotional rush with them. It's a good idea to be looking into their eye at this time. I don't know how you do that skydiving. But if then you're more likely to have some sort of connection. And a successful relationship, actually. There was a study that came out not too long ago that said just that. If you wanted to go to it, it was right around Halloween time. If you wanted to go to a scary movie, it's a great place for a first date. Because if you get all jacked up on adrenaline and fear, you're 
drawn closer to your date and it pr- improves your mm. promise, it improves your chances in the future. Yeah, I but think in the, the short term, you know, but not the, the long term. Right, if, yeah. if you look at people who have been in traumatic situations and they often get together, mm-hmm. you know, a guy saves a woman from a burning building, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'll often get together in that um, situation. Generally, those relationships don't last because they're not on a foundation. A good foundation, here's a good rule of thumb for relationships, is find somebody who is raised in your same socioeconomic class with similar values, but has a, a the opposite personality. So if you're similar an plans for children as well. It, well, that's a good idea to have yeah. those. But you know, I think those plans can change. I had no interest in uh, having children when I got married. My wife uh, uh, convinced me on that. To the outside observer, it seems clear that these vastly different views about the potential for romance and opposite sex friendships could cause serious complications, and people within opposite sex relationships agree. In a follow-up study, 249 adults, many of whom were married, were asked to list the positive and negative aspects of being friends with a specific member of the opposite sex. Variables related to romantic attraction, like our relationship could lead to romantic feelings were five times more likely to be listed as negative aspects of the friendship as positive ones. However, the differences between men and women appeared here as well. Men were significantly more likely than females to list romantic attraction as a benefit of opposite-sex friendships, and this discrepancy increased as men aged. (laughs) Males on the younger end of the spectrum were four times more likely than females to report romantic attraction as a benefit of opposite-sex friendships, whereas those on the older end of the spectrum were ten times more likely to do the same. Dirty old men, I'm not lying. Wow. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. You think they would have figured something out by then. All right, 855-450-3733. More on the study in moments. Your calls are welcome. Your thoughts. Or bring up anything you want. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give them to you, uh, you can enjoy, including news updates. We've got emailed updates that we can send you, which will include the latest information about Free Talk Live. Uh, also, Twitter and Facebook are other ways to follow the show. You'll get the same stuff you get through email on Twitter and Facebook. Plus, you'll get questions, observations, some show prep while we're doing the show. So it's another way to get interactive. We're reading some of the Facebook responses to a question I'd asked earlier about whether or not men and women uh, can, heterosexual men and women can get along as friends uh, without a sexual uh, component. So, uh, you know, go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. Email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method is your favorite. They're all free. News.freetalklive.com. There's at least one good thing about getting older. A no-documentation reverse mortgage. And 
it's just like the the mortgages in the past, except that uh, you don't have to have a even a credit report. There's no documentation, no credit report. You can cash get cash out of your property if you have enough equity. There's no problem with uh, prior bankruptcies as long as you've got the equity in that property. Uh, foreclosures, short pay, etc. The only requirement for that loan is being 62 years of age and having some equity in your house. You can sell or refinance whenever you want. And best of all, no payments for the rest of the time you and your spouse live in the house. It's a, You can do an FHA reverse mortgage, and it's mortgageminuteguide.com. We've been doing business here on Free Talk Live with him for a while. And, you know, good folks over there, mortgageminuteguide.com. They'll call the number. They'll an- it's right there on the website at mortgageminuteguide.com, and I'll give it to you here in just a second. They'll answer all your questions. They do loans in all 50 states at mortgageminuteguide.com, 866-288-0088, mortgageminuteguide.com. So we've been we've been talking throughout the entire show tonight about and it doesn't have to stay on this topic. You can bring up anything that you want. In fact, we're almost wrapping up this piece here from Scientific American where they've done some studies of people they they started with a study of uh, just undergraduates, so young relatively young people, uh, but then later finished up with a study that involved uh, folks that were older, folks who were married, uh, for instance. And they discovered that uh, generally the same things are true uh, over time, and that is that men significantly misinterpret uh, the friendships that they have with women, believing that the women are romantically or could be romantically attracted to them, uh, whereas the women significantly underestimate the man and what they're looking their for. Their level of attraction. Their level of attraction from the relationship. Uh, and as the uh, uh, summary here points out, Taken together, these studies suggest that men and women have vastly different views of what it means to just be friends, and that these differing views have the potential to lead to trouble. Although women seem to be genuine in their belief that opposite-sex friendships are platonic, men seem to be unable to turn off their desire for something more. And even though both genders agree overall that attraction between platonic friends is more negative than positive, males are less likely than females to hold that view. So, can men and women be just friends? If we all thought like women, almost certainly. But if we all thought like men, we'd probably be facing a serious overpopulation crisis. So uh, my wife, at one point, we had this conversation. Um, you know, we've had this conversation here on Free Talk Live many times. And obviously, you know, the, the things spill over in your life. So I've been uh, I talked to my wife about it. And her thought on the pro- thought on it was, is that, you know, if I j- limited myself to men who didn't find me attractive as far as male friends go, I wouldn't have male friends. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, since most women appear. So appeared- she's aware of their attraction? She was at one point. I mean, she doesn't. I don't think she has any male friends that I'd really think of at this point. Um, she, I, she did. She has since we uh, got married. She had one male friend at one point, and uh, I suspect he was just kind of hoping that things would work out for him. I'm not going to tell my wife that she can't hang out with some dude, even though I believe that that guy wants to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Because if she wants to have sex with him, then well, you know, then she was going to want to have sex with the next guy. So why, why in the world would I stop her? I can't stop anybody from right. having sex with anybody. Um, so I, I just wonder, is she the she, she one of the cynical women crowd? Is that the idea that, that she actually does see this and uh, doesn't bother? Her? Right, because the study says that uh, in the initial study with the at least the younger uh, women, they were they were blind to the mindset of their opposite sex friends. So well, they were not the older in- women were, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm not going somewhere with if I'm not looking for it, I don't see it. It's interesting, even though it may now, you know. 
be obvious. And I still won't be looking for it, and I still won't see it. How, here's, here's how you know. It's They're a guy. with you. <laughs> right, right. It's a guy, and it's he's guy. doing things with you. <laughs> okay. And you're hanging out by yourselves as, a, you know, as two people, and you're not in a couple. That's how you know that the guy wants to, yeah. So I I suddenly got other plans for Christmas night, Mark. There you go. Or I need a chaperone, one of the two. I don't think you need a chaperone. You'll be fine. You can bring up anything (laughs) you want. these women are chaperoning themselves just fine. You know, right. I mean, I don't don't know. I just don't, it's not on my radar. Now you do. Right. Especially if if I'm, if the person I'm with knows I'm in a relationship. You know, and I think that some of the callers here have been correct, um, that there is... Yeah, there's a rare chance that you're talking about friendship. It's just an uncommon situation. Mm-hmm. They found in this study that they brought in these, you know, opposite sex couples, uh, not they're not couples, Friends. but friend couples, and that you know, the majority of the men, the overwhelming majority of the men thought that, oh yeah, something could happen here, yeah. and the overwhelming majority of the women thought, no, nothing's going to happen here. Mm. Yeah, I think that there certainly there were some guys on the other side saying, oh yeah, nothing's going to happen here, and women saying, oh yeah, nothing's yeah. going to happen here. There's certainly a percentage chance of that. I don't know what the percentage was. 20, 15, 10%. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. I'll link this uh, never piece here, the Scientific American article. I'll link it over on our Facebook and Twitter. You can dig in yourself because uh, the study itself, Mark, is linked here. So if you really want to get into the details and the statistics and all that, they are available for you. What do I look like? Some kind of scientist? I'm just letting you know. Mark John's has it all figured out already. Yeah, He's in Virginia. Crap. John, you're on Free Talk Live. <laughs> Hi. Uh, just wanted to... Uh give a better explanation of why you guys should be excited about the Bank of North Dakota. Someone called last night about this uh, idea of the state, a state bank. Uh, go ahead, pitch us. Okay. Uh, first thing is it becomes a depository for all the state collections and fees, and the state agencies and the state itself does its banking there, and that wrests the control from the politicians and their cronies on Wall Street. That's How does that number get... one advantage. Okay, so then the politicians of the state would have control, right? No, they they it the way Bank of North Dakota is set up, it's set up as an independent, non political commission, and they've managed to make that work there for about sixty or seventy years. It just becomes death if a politician attempts to to use it for political purposes. I'm glad it's worked it out. It, it's it's always made me wonder um, the idea that uh, we should advocate state-run banks instead of government, uh, federal government-run banks. Okay, well, what am I missing here? Because it seems like the entire organization's purpose is political. Their goal well, is to fund the state. Really. Let's, let's, let me go through their the goal, other but is their goal? Hold on a second. What I, I was looking at previously showed me that the Bank of North Dakota's goal, or at least the pitch on the Bank of Oregon, which they're trying to get started, is to fund state programs with low interest rates. I mean, isn't that, isn't that political by nature? Sort of, but they, they, they make farm loans, business loans, student loans, and infrastructure loans that are consistent with sound fiscal and banking practices. So it's not as political as deficit financing at the federal government level. Are all those loans that they're making at market rates, or are they subsidized? They are market rates, but they you have to be in the state to qualify for them. So consequently, the farmer in North Dakota is not competing with the farmer in South Dakota for a limited supply of capital that's available through the Federal Reserve System. 
Okay, so what you're saying is if I got a loan from the Bank of North Dakota versus TD Bank, that the rates would be similarly competitive, that the Bank of North Dakota would not be dramatically lower? Not dramatically lower, no. But the, the advantage is that you get access to capital, that you have to fight with others to get this socialized capital from through TD Bank and Wall Street and all these other people. Where does the money come from, by the way? Is it taxpayer-funded at all? Taxes a banker's bank. Hold on. Where did the startup funds come from? From the state collections of taxes. So so it's taxpayer-funded bank. That's where they get their deposits from. They force the state to do banking with them as opposed to a Wall Street bank like Chase or Citibank or one of those. Mm -hmm. So... Ultimately, you are still talking about a taxpayer-funded bank that, uh, you know, essentially increases the size of the state. How is this liberty-oriented in any way, shape, or form? I mean, I'm willing to continue to hear you out here, so stand by, John. We'll bring you back. 855-450-FREE. I'm interested to know if this is related to interstate commerce and federal oversight in that regard. But I'm totally out of my realm, so... I can't wait to we'll hear what the callers more to say here. about it. Hour three's next. You can take control. This is Free Talk. Hi, this is Mark Edge, host of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the very economic engine that powers this country. With a printing press tethered to Washington politicians, bureaucrats, and central bankers, how can we put our trust in paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Come see gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold. With Washington, D.C. delivering more debt and printed promises, common sense tells us the future of the trend is obvious. Everyone listening should visit gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938. I trust Midas Resources for my gold, silver, platinum, and you can too. Again, I want you to have this book and it's free. It's gold.freetalklive.com or 877-357-9938. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you on our site. You can create the content that you see there. All those numbered items as you scroll down the front page of the site. The numbers are votes, and the items were submitted by listeners just like you. Maybe you did it, too. You, maybe you've already submitted something. You can do it over at freetalklive.com. Uh, and then when you submit an item to the site, could be a news link, could be a YouTube video, could be something fun, uh, whatever link you find online that you think our listeners will enjoy, submit it. And then it appears on the upcoming stories page until it receives enough votes to make it to the front page of the site. Go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. We're going to bring back John here because he called in the last hour, for those of you just tuning in, last night... Uh, we had a gentleman call from Oregon, I believe it was, who was pitching to us the idea of a state bank. And there's, you know, Oregonians for a state bank.com or something like that.org that he mentioned to us as far as reasons why we should care about this and or support it. 
and I'm less than attracted to the idea. It seems to me thus far, and John's going to give us another uh, further pitch here, uh, but thus far, my understanding, and I'm no econ- you know, economist or expert, uh, but my understanding is the idea of the state bank is that it's a state-created institution that exists to loan money to the state so the state does not have to – that is the state governments, uh, not the federal government – so that the state does not have to go to the big bankers and enrich them with getting its loans from them because they can get a better rate from their state-run bank. Is that the understanding that the two of you have thus far or are we on different pages? I don't know and I'm waiting for John to explain it. I wasn't here last night. Okay. Let's go to uh, Nemi. Anything Hi. Else? No. Okay. Let's go to John listening in Virginia. Now, John, uh, did I did I misstate anything about the state bank and, and its purpose, according to you? Slightly, in that it does give loans to other than state entities. It gives loans to basically citizens of the state, farmers, businesses, and students. Um, Loaning them so money that they've uh, been forced to pay in taxpayer dollars to the state. And wouldn't otherwise get from another uh, bank that's in competition? Yeah, I'm not a fan of you know taxation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But what I do see this as is a way to replace the Federal Reserve with 50 littler Federal Reserves that are closer to the the poor sucker taxpayer and... In essence, you're beginning to cut down that big turkey to size. But you're actually making um, the government larger. I mean, because no, the Federal Reserve well, isn't going well, to go be, away. You'd be replacing the Federal Reserve but they didn't. with 50 of these little pigs. Over time is what you're saying. And, and I'm wondering, too, what, play, what, um, what if any influence this has with Tenth Amendment states' rights just taking uh, an interstate commerce, um, if this takes... The state bank is somehow under the less of the government, the federal government's purview in this method than not. It is completely outside the Federal Reserve System. As a matter of fact, the deposits in the Bank of uh, North Dakota and the loans from the Bank of North Dakota are not federally guaranteed or federally insured. Do they have some other form of insurance? Just the full faith and credit of the state of North Dakota. Mm. Well, Which, so the state, so the state bank of California isn't really an option. Then. <laughs> well, who knows what you know? Uh, what form these take, uh, I wouldn't know. What I look at it is, it's just one more thorn in the side of big government that says, "Okay, here you have here you have a piece of your empire being carved out. Return to the state of, of you know to the state level and." It's not the worst idea in the world. If you're going to get stuck with a Federal Reserve system, I think I'd rather have, uh, you know, a state-level Federal Reserve because it's easier to to whack at than than this big thing in Washington, D.C. Let me ask you this. um, As opposed to opening advocating for a state bank and i can see i can see the value that you're talking about here but i i also see uh, you know disadvantages too in that the federal reserve wouldn't actually go away um if i were to, if there was to be a state bank of new hampshire we'd still be using federal reserve notes and that kind of thing but not what if necessarily not not necess- not over time i mean perhaps one could uh, you know it, it i think it would uh, destabilize slightly the federal the federal reserve note um and i don't know what that what that's going to do necessarily for the U.S. economy. But let me ask you this. What Utah uh, last year 
made um, maybe it was this year. This year made um, gold and silver. Last year. Last year, uh, a um, you know a form of currency in Utah. Now there's there's some trouble implementing this, but if you can use gold and silver as currency in your state, isn't this a superior way to um, destabilize the Federal Reserve the Federal Reserve note than uh, just having a, a state bank? Uh, I would say that you could do both, and 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 the reason why the state bank is interesting or important is that it provides check-clearing services or financial clearing services and that kind of accounting stuff that any independent entity would need. And if you, have to, if you still have to use the Federal Reserve for check-clearing, you're never going to escape them. Uh, uh, if, you're gonna, if, you know, if you go back to the dawn of time when banks really started, they really started by clearing other people's liabilities and assets against one another yeah. without having to physically transit stuff to it. So that check clearing function is really a lot bigger than you think of. And then the state bank could then say, well, we could have a free market in currency. We could use a hard currency. We could make our own currency. Um, It's just a way to spin out of the Federal Reserve's capture. It's it's definitely a step in a direction, which is something... Um, more than what we have right now. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure that I think any of the 50 states are, are going to go for their own currency, much like I'm not sure at this point that any of the 50 states that have petitioned for secession are actually going to follow through and secede. But I, I, I like the idea in theory. Well, the Bank of North Dakota does exist. It's not a it the- has existed for decades, theoretical. Right? Uh Yeah, right. was it 90 years or something like that? And, and it does provide a $60 million annual profit to the state of North Dakota, um, that, that really would, that's really being ripped out of the hide of the big banks like Chase and City and stuff like that, and they're not happy with that at all. Yeah, well, it's an interesting uh, proposal. I just can't support it, you know, from a principled basis of it's going to increase the size of the state government. So, uh, you know, it's providing more money to the state government. It's a, essentially another government program. I understand your point that you believe it is somehow providing some level of competition to the Federal Reserve, and, and maybe that's true. Of course, North Dakota hasn't issued its own currency when presumably the state bank would allow it to do something like that, uh, should it have wanted to. So that hasn't happened over the near 100 years that it has been around. And if it's good for the state, that doesn't really turn me on either because, oh, great, the state's got another $60 million. Uh, that, it's hard for me to get excited about that million dollars that they didn't have to extract from their citizens. They got it by keeping track of their own money in their own bank. Um, instead of $60 million going to a Wall Street bank, it's $60 million that's retained inside the state. Well, the money was started with taxpayer dollars in the first place. The bank itself was funded with taxpayer dollars in the it's first place. It's an issue place. of efficiency he's referring to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if they can be more efficient with their stolen funds, it's preferable to them being inefficient with their stolen funds, I think is the argument he's making. And I don't more. think that... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's a specious argument. I'm just saying that you that that when the caller the other night made the case, he did it very badly, and he didn't really hit the high points. Yeah. Is that it could be a stepping stone out of 
the tyranny of the Federal Reserve System. Fair enough, John. I appreciate uh, hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Given the variety of issues uh, upon which one can take action, I can't say it's one that particularly uh, you know floats my boat. I can see where John's coming from, and I can imagine that the kind of people that might go to like a Federal Reserve and the Fed rally might be excited by an idea like this, and in which case, maybe they'll pick up the mantle and try to get something like that going in their state. I'm more interested in rolling the state back uh, as far as my activism is concerned, you know, stopping the aggression of the state against peaceful people. And it seems that uh, increasing the size of government by creating a state bank would not do that. 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners, one of the many features there. Uh, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to be part of the Shrine there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Buyemergencyfoods.com. They have freeze-dried and storable foods. Uh, their, their brand is called Legacy Premium. And they're the only one out there that's 100% certified GMO-free, has zero MSGs, no artificial flavors. They're the only ones that put an oxygen absorber in every nitrogen-flushed Mylar pouch. And they also, if you go, go by the way, to uh, buyemergencyfoods.com and take a look at their comparison chart. This is what I found to be so uh, convincing is they've got the chart there that compares them to the other brands. And there aren't that many other brands of uh, storable foods out there. There are a lot of resellers, but not a lot of manufacturers. Go take a look at their chart that compares them to the others, and you'll see why BuyEmergencyFoods.com is singular, is a standout, is unique in this particular area. $3,900 for a year's worth of food. That's half the industry standards. Go see their com- uh, comparable charts. It's BuyEmergencyFoods. Oh, food. is that for like a family of four? I mean, what's that, what's that price point? I believe that that's for an individual. Okay. But, um, you know. That's an important factor in that. Uh, we, we will find that out. Yeah, it's, it's a question I didn't ask myself yep. when, uh, when, you know, when I was going through the, the comparisons. I don't, you know, I'm going to have to take a look at that and uh, find out a little bit more. I, I did totally blindsided you with that. Yeah. I mean, no, I it's just, fine. And first I think question that, that came to my mind was, hmm. It, what does that it, mean? You can go take a look right now. I'm looking at uh, buyemergencyfoods.com and uh, t- take a look. And you know, 
go there, get an order in, because I think you're going to be amazed by this. Also, take a look at that chart. That's what convinced me. Buyemergencyfoods.com. All right, 855-450-FREE. And then let me know, Mark, if you can uh, ascertain that information, because it's pretty inf- pretty important to me, at least. one 855 now, of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that you would like. By the uh, way, Ian, I want to make uh, make it clear: it's still half the industry standard. Yeah, no matter it is. what it is that you pay for the uh, the, the food uh, per individual, it's still half of what mm-hmm. anybody else is going to charge you. So that's an sounds important good factor. to me. I like that. Uh, let's continue, though. You can bring up anything that you want. Pot and driving, according to the Los Angeles Times, stoned driving is uncharted territory. It was his green tongue that helped give away Jimmy Candido oh Flores. <laughs> when what's so funny? I'm sorry, his green tongue. Yeah, that helped give away Jimmy Candido Flores when police arrived at the fatal accident scene near Chico. Flores had run off the road and killed a jogger, Carrie Jean Holloman, a 56-year-old Chico Elementary School teacher. California Highway Patrol officers thought he might be impaired and conducted a sobriety examination. Flores's tongue had a green coat. Typical of heavy marijuana users. Who don't use toothpaste. What the hell is wrong with some people? I've never people? heard of this. Me neither. Oh. In how other news. He, how is he using the marijuana? Is he eating it? Just... Do you get a green coat on your tongue from smoking that Ew. much cannabis? And what what would possess you in your right mind to show your tongue, especially if you knew it was green, to a cop? Well, yeah, they probably threatened him. Uh, he had a green tongue. Let me tongue. see your tongue. Later tests showed he had pot as well as other drugs yep. in his blood. Like what? Well, they don't say that because this is an article made to look as though, uh, you know, marijuana could be dangerous uh, behind the wheel. And maybe it could Kills be for some people. people. Maybe it could be for some people. No, marijuana doesn't kill people. There's no evidence of it. But right here, he ran off the road and killed a jogger while he had pot and well, other drugs in his blood. Right. That's what they're trying to suggest is that right. it was marijuana when in point of fact it was likely whatever it was that uh, the other drugs were. After pleading guilty to manslaughter, Flores, a medical marijuana user, was sentenced in February to 10 years and eight months in prison. Holloman's death and others like it across the nation hint at what experts say is an unrecognized crisis. Stoned drivers. The most recent assessment by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, based on random roadside checks, found that 16.3% of all drivers nationwide at night were on various legal and illegal impairing drugs, half of them high on marijuana. But they don't really make it clear if the half of them that were high on marijuana were only high on marijuana. Did they also have alcohol in their system? Does that count towards the half of them being high on marijuana statistic? What, what is it that is counted here? Because in a lot of cases, an alcohol-related uh, traffic fatality can include someone who was in the car as a passenger who was drunk. Hmm. So there's all kinds of ways for them to spin these figures to make them sound much worse than they actually are. In California alone, nearly 1,000 deaths and injuries each year are blamed directly on drugged drivers, according to California Highway Patrol data. And law enforcement puts much of the blame on the rapid growth of medical marijuana use in the last decade. Fatalities and crashes where drugs were the primary cause and alcohol was not involved jumped 55% over the 10 years ending in 2009. But again, 
specifically marijuana. Where, right. They didn't say that. Right. Very observant, uh, Nemi. Fatalities in crashes where drugs were the primary cause. And this is really bad journalism. I mean, this is just <laughs> terrible. This is like, you know, the, the level of journalism that they were putting out back in the 1930s when they were attempting to criminalize successfully cannabis. You know, the suge- all kinds of ridiculous suggestions about you know, what cannabis will make your daughters do with, uh, you know, uh, uh, males guys. twice their age, black males, uh, these sorts of things. Just absolutely racist and uh, horribly bigoted claims about marijuana users. And, you know, not true. And lumping marijuana in with every other illegal drug. Common tactic of a drug warrior. Common tactic of somebody who's trying to mislead you into believing something that's not true about this plant, which is, by all accounts, a miracle drug that does help people feel better and relieve serious symptoms of very serious medical conditions, such as multiple sclerosis, and also helps cancer patients and AIDS patients keep medicines down, among other things. Mm -hmm. Now, I only have one anecdotal story to share. Um, Aside from possession arrests, there is only one time that I am aware of in my life that someone was pulled over that was related to marijuana and they were going under the speed limit. They were <laughs> That's going why they were pulled over? 40, oh, they were going 35 and a 45 and they were pulled over and they were, they, they were just so high. Yeah. That's it. They were driving too safely. They, they were driving too safely. Yeah. I don't know if it was driving too safely, but they were driving too slowly. And and pulled well, over. If you're driving slower and something happens, it's easier to I react. Would, I would assume so. Sure, it's and, not just an assumption. And it's, so it's so it's not like it, somebody smoked a bowl and was immediately off the road, killing joggers yeah. and bikers or anything. It was just they were just driving more slowly. So it's totally unfair of whoever it was that provided this information to this journalist, so-called journalist here. Uh, it was totally unfair of them to just lump marijuana in with all these other drugs with their statistic here claiming that fatalities and crashes where drugs were the primary cause and alcohol was not involved jumped 55% over the last 10 years ending in 2009. So it's an irresponsible thing for the person to do who gave the journalist that information and for the journalist to pass that information on is shameful. But there's more uh, about marijuana and driving that we can share with you here. 855 453 the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want. Share your experience and take control of the airwaves. 855-453-FREE-TALK LIVE. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone. 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you on our site. Uh, They are given to you. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 5 bucks a month. We'll take that $5 in and invest it into getting on more radio stations across the country to bring more Internet listeners on board with the ideas of freedom and uh, your responsibility as well, because you've got to have responsibility in order to 
truly have freedom. Uh, in fact, some of that responsibility is taking care of uh, your food when something bad might happen, something perhaps uh, weather-related, something natural disaster-related, or maybe government-created disaster. These are all possibilities. Sometimes they work together to make things much worse. And as you were pointing out, Mark, in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy recently, the people that were prepared uh, were the ones that were, uh, you know, not better freaking off. out. <laughs> right. You can imagine what it's like to be in a situation like that where you can't get help and you don't have food for your family. So you introduced a brand new advertiser tonight. I didn't even know they were coming on board. Yep. And uh, and I blindsided you with what would have been my first question about, uh, you know, it was the first thing that popped in my head. You made a quote on the price of some uh, storable food. $3,900 a year uh, for a year's worth of food, um, which is about half of what the industry standard is. And if you go to buy emergency foods. Dot com. Uh, they have a, a, a tab there that, that says um, product info. And if you in that tab, if you uh, take a look at uh, best value in the industry, you'll see this chart. And this chart's actually on the Internet quite quite a few different places. It's mm-hmm. re- really great. It's buyemergencyfoods.com. You need that S in there. It's important. And if you look at this chart, you'll see that um, the, the cost per year that's of – uh, 365 days of 2,000 calorie meals. And I'm thinking if you need to have stored food that maybe cutting down on calories might be a good idea. Sure. You know, like maybe you, maybe you should you know, have a little fewer calories than 2,000 a day. 2,000 a day is what a, an adult male needs. Um, that's what to, they fed us in jail, yeah, 2,200 a day. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and that's a, so that's a pretty we good got size fat. meal. Yeah, indeed. Well, yeah. it's it's a lot of carbs too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, all I know about um, you know is is in these meals. I haven't had one yet, but um, as I understand, you know, there's there's all kinds of uh, you know customer uh, you know response here saying that it's uh, some of the best tasting meals. But they're the only one in the industry that's uh, you know 100 percent certified GMO free, and that's going to be important to a lot of our listeners. Zero MSGs, and that's going to be important to a lot of our listeners. Probably similar. Um, and no artificial flavors. These are important factors um, in uh, getting your emergency food. And it, with a 2,000 calorie per day, um, you start figuring out um, the, the, the cost per meal. It comes to $3,974.85. Um, I think that you could cut off a few and get right down to that $3,900 number, but I can see why you would just round it to 3900 Now, they've got a special going on for um, – it's their Cyber Monday promo. They're at buyemergencyfoods.com, and it's a great – Price. They're taking their um, their premium 360, which is 360 servings, and they're discounting it down to $720. It's normally $830, so they're taking 110 bucks off. They also give you free shipping, which is a $79 value. Free premium family. Sur- These things would cost a lot to ship. I mean, there's a lot of food. Yep. There's a family survival kit. Uh, total savings, $455. That's a total savings of 40% off. This is a really great gift uh, for to for yourself and your family. For Talk about one that's going to last Cyber a long Monday. time. I mean, there's a 25-year shelf life on these. Yep. Uh, the premium 360 package at uh, buyemergencyfoods.com. Okay, but just to go back real quick, you had cited this uh, quote of the $3,990. You said about $3,900. I see yep. one here for $3,990, and it uh, says it's three meals a day for two adults for an entire year for that cost. Well, That's what I'm seeing. Here. I've got the quote here at thirty. You know, I was just adding up what I had yep. at thirty nine um, seventy four eighty five. So if you're finding something that's a lower cost on the website, then I can only take that as the truth. I mean, that's what they're selling. 
I'm saying it's a slightly higher cost than what you had quoted, uh, $3,990. That's their special price. Maybe there was some, I don't know, maybe you're looking at something different than, uh, than I was. But my question was, how many people does that feed? And the answer was two, three meals a day for an entire year. Gotcha. So that's pretty good. I and mean, that's that's less than what like a it's like a buck eighty per. It's a lot less meal. than what you're paying at the grocery store. Yeah, for sure. You can believe that. Um, it's, so it's also cheaper than buying a bunch of canned food and storing that in the basement as well. It takes going to take up a lot less space. Uh, they come in packaging that's uh, you know going to be safe when you know and water watertight. These are important mylar packaging. Um, it's the only one that has an oxygen oxygen absorber in every nitrogen flushed mylar pouch. Good stuff. All right, so uh, buyemergencyfoods.com. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I'm sure we'll learn more about them over time yeah. on the show here. Uh, so you can bring up anything. We're talking about being stoned and driving and a piece here from uh, the L.A. Times, which is actually uh, kind of on the old side. But still, the point is uh, it's, it's from last year. But the point here is this is just a hit piece against uh, cannabis use and driving here. And, of course, it's all the more relevant now that uh, Washington and Colorado are legalizing the use of cannabis for adults, uh, there's going to likely be even more uproar over the idea that people are using cannabis and driving because the suggestion of this article is that, well, cannabis is the equivalent of heroin. They're just linking cannabis in, they're lumping it in with all other drugs besides alcohol. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and to anyone who's ever used cannabis or has known someone who, you know, is relatively close to them that has used cannabis, they know that this drug is nothing like methamphetamine or heroin or cocaine. Nothing like those things. And I'm not saying that those three things are like one another necessarily. I'm not saying that either. These are all distinct chemical entities, and they all have very distinct uh, things that they do to your body chemistry. Well, I think that one can be uh, too inebriated on marijuana to drive. You and, say you've been there at some point in, well, in your younger time, years. First time I smoked marijuana, and but and I, I also would agree that uh, the first time you smoke cannabis, it's probably a terrible idea to get behind the the wheel of a car. But if you are an experienced user, then it's no big deal at all. I. You know, I, I having speaking as a person who has smoked marijuana and driven, um, I can say that uh, smoking marijuana and driving is an entirely different experience than drinking alcohol and driving. Uh, drinking alcohol and driving, Which apparently, you're also admitting to having done. I, I have, I, you know, I've drove home by Braille in the past. There's no doubt oh about it. Um, you know, not not s faced, but not in great shape either. Mm. And I, you know, I got to say that I think that um, that there's, you know, one can have imbibed too much marijuana to drive home, and that society. He's totally not ready for the um, the idea of, of being stoned and driving. Especially not with these terrible uh, hit pieces being published, which are just basically propagating mythology. So no wonder people aren't ready for it. I mean, this it. disgusting green tongue they're talking about. At, uh, really? Does that actually happen? I don't know. This, I'm sad. this is news to me. Right. I've never heard of a green tongue from having consumed too much, too much cannabis. marijuana. Right. Yeah, I haven't heard that either, and I do think that this is a bit of a hit piece. I think that what's important is is let's talk about um, you know let's talk about studies. Uh, the Australian DOT, whatever the version of their Department of Transportation out there is, did a study, and that study compared marijuana inebriation to uh, to alcohol inebriation to regular unimpaired driving, and the marijuana inebriants came in. Was it slightly better 
Slightly. Slightly better drivers. Like half a percent or something. Like slightly that. better drivers than the people who had not smoked mar- anything. The, yep. the unimpaired driver. So... You know, I mean, I think that I think it, for one, it matters how often the person smokes and how uh, you know familiar they are with it. And there's no way a police officer can know that. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason they should. I think that what they need currently is a test. They need a test to know whether or not somebody is, in fact, stoned, not whether or not somebody has smoked marijuana in the last 30 days and whether or not that person can safely drive a vehicle is irrelevant it's whether or not they chose to get behind the wheel while inebriated on a marijuana because that's against the law and i think that that's the next but it shouldn't be against the law because it's not increasing any danger whatsoever being on the road maybe it is maybe it isn't they talk about no evidence that lengthy 12 point examination that uh, the police issue if they suspect a driver is stoned at this point walking a straight line standing on one leg estimating the passage of 30 seconds pupils blood pressure and pulse checked i don't think police are doctors um and they cert- i don't certainly know what if i've been crying mm, on the road point. you know More and my eyes up. are watery 855-450 free driving in pot share your thoughts the successes are piling up and proving the free state project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea when you're planning your move to new hampshire consider keen Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, by the way. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you will find on the site. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, those features include archives. They go all the way back to late 2006. You can just click and download as many shows as you would like. Freetalklive.com. we got the latest seven days worth right at the top of the page. And then on the left-hand side, you can click into our SoundCloud page or choose our archive section on our site to access years worth of the show and easily share them. If you're on our SoundCloud page, you can go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com to reach it or just look on the left-hand side of our website for the link to SoundCloud. Uh, at freetalklive.com, but there's a share button on each one of those episodes that makes it really easy for you to share your favorite shows or Edgington Post interviews with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever other social networking site is your preference. Uh, So once again, go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com, grab some archives up. BitInstant.com is the place to go to get Bitcoins. Um, Right now, as I've suggested on the air, I believe that Bitcoins are going to go up in the short term uh, at the the mining operation to get bitcoins it's not really mining but uh it's a it's a scheduled release of bitcoins that goes on every 10 minutes uh that is going to cut in half um there's no, currently everybody who competes for bitcoins uh all the comp- all the computing power out there 50 bitcoins is uh somehow allotted to uh the people in that area and they have a percentage chance based on the amount of computing power that they are putting into the operation at that time doing the math on the blockchain that is going to cut in half from 50 bitcoins to 25 Probably the end of November, maybe the beginning of December, based on, you know, they don't know specifically when it's going to happen, um, just depending on how things go. Um, And so you're going to have 
a smaller supply of Bitcoins being mined, supply, demand, price going up. That makes at least makes sense to me. It's speculation, but I think now if you're going to thinking about getting some Bitcoins, today's your day. Go to bitinstant.com. They've got more than a million locations that you can uh, deposit in which you can deposit coins and you can do it online. I recommend doing it at a major bank location. The reason is is you can do it anonymously there. That's my recommendation. You can go through, you know, locations like 7-Eleven or CVS or Walmart or you know, online with Dwalla.com or any variety of these situations. And Ian, you've done many of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they make it easy for you. In more than 30 countries, um, bitcoins uh, at bitinstant.com. All right. So we're talking about an article here at the L.A. Times. It's from last year, but it's particularly relevant now because you've got – these state governments uh, that are now moving towards legalization due to uh, in, or in uh, Colorado and Washington voters uh, on voting on an initiative, ballot initiative, overwhelmingly deciding to legalize cannabis for recreational use. The rules in Washington state are worse than those in Colorado in that uh, there's the possibility for roadside blood tests. And if one has a very, very, very small amount of uh, residual in their bloodstream from use of cannabis, it will trigger, and that could result in a basically a DWI charge driving ba- on toxic. It basically makes it illegal for somebody who is ev- who smokes marijuana on a relatively regular basis to drive. Yeah, if you've smoked within the last couple of weeks and are driving, then it'll likely you'll test positive, and then you're going to jail. Perhaps. It's a very bad law. It's terrible. And anybody who smoked marijuana, um, and, and anybody who's been around anybody who smokes marijuana, this is, I mean, you, so you're high for what, maybe two, three, four hours tops? Um, yeah. You're, you know, the next day, you're fine to drive. It's not a problem. Absolutely. So, I mean, in the same way that when you drink alcohol, you're, you know, inebriated for a period of time, and then the next day, you're fine to drive. So, this just doesn't make any sense. Even the most uh, – so excuse me. The issue here, according to the LA Times, is compounded by the lack of a national standard on the amount that of the drug the driver should be allowed to have in their blood. While 13 states have adopted zero-tolerance laws, 35 states, including California, have no formal standard and instead rely on the judgment of police to determine impairment. Even the most cautious approach of zero tolerance is fraught with complex medical issues about whether residual low levels of marijuana can impair a driver for days after the drug is smoked. Marijuana advocates say some state and federal officials are trying to make it impossible for individuals to use marijuana and to drive legally for days or weeks afterward. And that's exactly what has happened in Washington state. Yeah, this is a difficult situation because, um, A, you want to have something that's quantified. Um, you know, when it comes to drinking alcohol, you know that if you f- blow 0.07, you're not considered impaired. If you blow 0.08, you are. and Whether you actually are impaired or not. Right. Everybody has a different col- t- uh, tolerance level. And whereas with the police officer, if this person is driving carelessly, every state in the union has a ticket for that. It's called careless driving. Mm-hmm. And so if the person is driving recklessly or carelessly, they can handle that situation by handing them a ticket for that. But it doesn't give that sort of quantified um, thing. You know, if in, in the, the instance where somebody who is a little tipsy at uh, 0.07 is driving along and maybe they're not good at it, maybe they shouldn't be driving at 0.07, they wouldn't be found guilty because they are not considered legally impaired. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, a person who, you know, they drink all the time and they're at 0.09 and they're, you know, they're, condu- fine. they're conducting the vehicle fine, it's nice to have those numbers uh, so that one can, you know, 
put a put a police officer on the stand, you know, put an expert on the stand and say, you know, what happened here? What happened here? You know, like they could use it. And it's it's sort of better for court, but it's not necessarily better for safer roads. Marijuana is not nearly as well understood as alcohol, which has been the subject of statistical and medical research for decades. Well, this is one of the problems the federal government has right. caused. Yeah, exactly. Had we not had prohibition on marijuana, then we would have a lot of statistical information about it because people would be free to do studies on cannabis without having to go through ridiculous federal approval processes first that have made it next to impossible next to impossible to uh, to do studies on this that drug. That kind of raises a question because I'm re- reading the same article you are in. It says up ahead, and other projects, test subjects are being given marijuana to smoke and then examined under high-powered scanners or put in advanced driving simulators to gauge how it affects their brains and their ability to drive. Mm-hmm. Where and how and where does the where does the marijuana come from and why haven't the cops been notified? Well, is this, this out of the country? These studies sometimes are done outside of the country and in other cases, very rare cases, are done with the approval of the Drug Enforcement Administration, in which case getting the marijuana is not very difficult. And ultimately, this is really scary. Federal scientists envision a day when police could quickly swab saliva from drivers' mouths and determine whether they have an illegal level of marijuana, but that will require years, years of research. Until then, police are in the same position they were with drunk driving in the 1950s, basing arrests on their professional judgment of each driver's behavior and vital signs. Because you know what? If you are not as cooperative with an officer as you like, or maybe your skin isn't the color of the officer's skin. Looks like you're stoned there, little missy. Why don't you look in? Why don't you you let me look at your eyes for a minute? Hmm. No, I, I don't. I don't really think so, because you're not a doctor. You don't know what kind of medications I'm on. You don't know the circumstances. Yeah. Like I said before, right. uh, you, you don't know if I've been crying. You don't know if I've just come from a funeral or Maybe awake. I just woke up. Maybe I just woke up. Maybe my pupils are a little dilated. I haven't had enough caffeine yet. You know, and, and it's up. You're going to leave that to someone who is not a medical doctor to yeah. decide. Well, they're going to decide usually against you, and then the judge will decide in their favor because they're the cop. Right. So uh, there's a little bit more here. Uh, There's a $6 million study in Virginia Beach, Virginia, that's attempting to remove any doubt that users of pot and other drugs are more likely to crash. Well, that's a good way to start a study. Let's start the study with the end in mind. (laughs) The purpose of the study is to remove the doubt uh, that users of pot and other drugs are more likely to crash. And of course, there they are again, linking in all of the other drugs with cannabis as though they're one and the same. And of course, the federal government be. contributes to this because they have uh, cannabis uh, labeled as a Schedule One narcotic, which is the same level as, as heroin. It's true. Um, I mean, you know, at this point, it's been legalized by states, and I don't think that people necessarily view it that I don't think most people view it that way. Because when you don't have compliance, the number one thing to do is amp up enforcement, right? And intrusion. Because that's always stopped people from doing things they want to do. Teams of federal researchers go to accident scenes and ask drivers to voluntarily provide samples of their blood. They later return to the same location at the same time and on the same day of the week, asking two random motorists not involved in crashes for a blood sample. The project <laughs> aims to... <laughs> How do you even do that? You do you must... just hold up a sign yeah. on the side of the road, blood samples wanted for study? Yeah, you got to wear a white coat, I can tell you that. Good Lord. They must be pulling them over. The project aims to collect 7,500 blood samples to show whether drivers with specific blood levels of drugs are more likely to crash than those without the drugs. Huh? What sort of idiot is going to be pulled over by a guy holding this sign and say, sure, stick a needle in my arm if they have drugs in their system? Well, I don't so understand how does this. Time to let cops uh, search the car oh when they don't have to. Oh, my God. 
also, how does this... I'm confused. How does this project show anything scientific? They're just randomly asking people to sh- And where did the blood six samples? mil come from? I don't understand. Well, probably the federal taxpayer trough. So you're going to hear more about this over time as more states move towards legalization, which seems inevitable at this point. Uh, they're going to uh, be criminalizing driving while stoned, and that's not a very good thing to do. We'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.